0: Welcome to Pop After Dark, the pop culture podcast that's not the same as all the others. I answer the phone to you. Was, we need out the banter otherwise. Jimmy, call you back. No, I've, I've started recording now.
1: Oh, God, is it worth mentioning to people how much gold they missed out on?
0: What? What just then? Just then. No, you know what? I think it's better left unknown. Yeah, like a little God, secret. Maybe. Anyway, um, so welcome to, uh, this is, by the way, this is Marky March. Is that what we're doing? Marky March is, is what I've called March. Jesus. Yeah. Don't worry. You like, you know, it's only a few weeks until we get April Levine. So, I'm, um, this pick, is uh, I'm stop sniffing glue. <laughs> this is, this is, uh, the latest edition of pop after dark. I am soap dish and I'm joined as always by, um, the ant to my deck, why 2 The ant to your deck? <laughs> why I, the ant? It's topical. I'm tall, I guess. Yeah, and you've got a bigger spam. Can't really drive either. <laughs> this is this is true. Don't, Don't care true. for three-year-olds. Uh, my son's free. Your son's yeah. free. Is he? Isn't he? I thought he was-
1: it was four. Oh, uh, I don't care for three. Okay, I get
0: confused. I, get I can't believe trying to validate that sort of comment. Well, maybe, maybe if Anne validated his parking, he wouldn't have crashed his car. Oh, hey, yo.
1: <laughs>
0: anyway, how you doing, man? I'm tired, so
1: I'm ever so fatigued. That's good. That's yeah, good. Are, are we? Are we? Are we going to review the films we watched in 2017? <laughs> Every single one.
0: <laughs> i watched la la land start it was good the, start the clock see how <laughs> long this lasts um I th- I th- a few things i think we should talk about but i think um the main reason uh for wanting to get this episode recorded and out is because unlike 99.4 percent of the world um, is it that much it's, it, it might even be more than that actually you know Thinking mm-hmm. about it's probably pretty near a 99 percent of the world um, yeah. haven't been able have, hasn't seen or, or haven't been able to see Ready Player One which we have we have and so I figured because we've seen it so early it'd be a really Spoilers good scoop one. to spoil it for everyone well no, I was gonna say like to you know as a, as a good scoop for us in this podcast to so get our view out there because we're gonna beat Mark yeah we are aren't we right this this is the exciting thing from your point of view, we're going to like get our review out before Mark and gets his out. Yeah. Cause I'm assuming his won't go out for another week. No, nah. cause he won't, he won't get his out until it actually gets, uh, it's out in general really. So if we're going gonna... to talking about his review. Well, if you want, you can, you can guess what his review is going to be. Right. But later on, wow. not just now, because that'll spoil, that'll spoil the fun for everyone. Um, and I figured as well. Depending on how long that takes, um, we could have a quick discussion about the films that are about to come out. Yeah. That we're excited about uh, for the next few months. Like, so, just say right yeah, off can. the bat, yeah, because
1: I'm talked about this, and I'll probably forget about it in four hours' time. Um, they're remaking West Side Story, so dish.
0: Oh, who? It's not Spielberg, is it? I, is. I, th- I heard i I had a rumour about this, right? Because I've I've never seen West Side Story, and oh. I will never see West Side Story because it's my dad's favourite film. Is there so really? So I would just do it to spite him now. Before I did you know, it to spite him, but I'll do it even more to spite him now. You know what? Say what you will about old Jack, but he's got a
1: good favourite movie.
0: <laughs> well, it was either that or um, he, he also is a, a big fan of uh, Singing in the Rain, um mm-hmm. and nuts mm-hmm. in may excuse me what was that nuts in may now nuts in may is, is the... the surname. <laughs> nuts, nuts in may is the only one of those films i've actually sat all the way through in one sitting and watched right. and of those three is probably the shittest oh, which God. will get me a load of flack because it's it's mike lee's first ever film right uh i think it was his breakthrough film it was, well, I know, maybe Annabelle's Party came out first. It was it was like a late 70s film. Um, yeah. And I just found it really boring when I was a kid. He thought it was hilarious. I found it really boring. Um, what was the uh, sequel, Cheddar's in June? Oh, you've seen it?
1: Yeah, Cheddar's in June.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so Ready Player One premiered at South by Southwest. And then uh, a few days later, we got to see it in the UK um as a as a screening as an unlimited card holder so american listeners there's a thing called movie pass you have for some of your cinemas we have uh unlimited cards uh for a chain of cinemas in the uk and as part of that we sometimes get early screenings for films um and that was that's probably been the biggest one for quite a while and also the earliest one because it was the same night as the European premiere. Yeah. I didn't realize that till afterwards when I saw that a hashtag going around, um, that hashtag. Was, <laughs> hashtag European premiere. Um, yeah. And then, and then the review started coming out. So I knew that we, we definitely weren't, I didn't, they didn't say we was embargoed anyway, but if the, yeah. if people started talking about it, you know, you're not embargoed or oh, I'm bongoed, which is something completely different. Um, but we did, and this was the first time. This is the first film in years that we've gone to see together. What was the last film we saw together? I Sorry. can't even remember, mate. I, I I was trying to think about it. I, I I've got a feeling it may have been Kill Bill Volume Two. No, nah, wrong. The last time I remember going to cinema with you was to see um, the the SmackDown thing at View. Going in, what was it? Uh, twenty two, no, twenty one Jump Street. Cool, at the O two, at the same cinema. There you go. Oh, man, and that came up on my time hop the other week as well. You know, how oh, long ago, five years ago. Yeah, I'd say all that. I yeah. think.
1: Jeez. I mean, thing is, we have been cinema because we went to see that Fantastic Beast movie as uh, double date.
0: Yeah, that's it. That's it. That doesn't count. we does women were there. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't count. Just because we was there watching it together, doesn't it doesn't mean doesn't it count? Um, so this is the first time in, in a long time that we'd actually gone to see a film together. And normally, when we talk about films on here, we've gone to see it you know almost at the same time or very close together but just separately yeah same same cinema sometimes just separately <laughs> same screening just different scenes yeah just those sit together um but no so it was, it was nice i think it was nice that um we did that um even if it did end up cost me like 12 quid just to get there it was worth it ain't you over that yeah? no no um but, yeah, so, well, first of all, let's talk about what went wrong. Because at first, they started showing it in the wrong aspect ratio.
1: Yeah, it was kind of like, I forget the app that you can stream stuff from, nautily. Um Oh, there's loads. Yeah, wh- wh- what's the main one? Uh, I don't know, now,
0: Those Playbox, maybe?
1: No, 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 the one where, like, people are actually record it on their phone. Oh, I don't know. I've never done that. I'm not that illegal. Um, Yeah, people... Oh, it's going to bug me. Um, And it's basically when when the phone is being held in portrait rather than landscape, that's how... Not the film opened up, but that's how the trailers and the adverts opened up before the movie. And normally for these unlimited screenings, there's barely any adverts or trailers.
0: Yeah, we almost got a full run, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Which was handy because they needed time to sort it out. Yeah, yeah, it did take a while. Um so eventually they, they changed it from, from four three to sixteen nine or whatever. Yeah. So it was it's almost screen That no one else was bothered by this.
1: Well everyone else it was a packed out cinema, there was barely a seat to be had. And yet no one else it seemed was making any noise about the screen being completely well, um it's, it
0: up. it's funny you say that because when I um, mentioned it in a Cineworld asked for people's opinions afterwards of the film and I said the film was great, however, this is what happened to the O2. Somebody yeah. tweeted and said, yes, I was there. I also went and told them. Oh, and it good. wasn't you. So, um, so someone else <laughs> was also <laughs> bothered about it. Uh, but I know what you mean. Like it did seem like people weren't that, that, that fussed. Um, and then, just as the film started, because it was it was in three D, which again is, is unusual for it's not unusual. <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 da. Um, so, just as the film started, you noticed that your glasses were a bit dirty. Well, no, I'd I'd noticed it like a couple of like the trailer before. For uh, we saw
1: the Fantastic Beast, funny enough. Yes. The trailer before the movie kicked in, and um, you were out trying to shake someone down to sort out the movie. Yes. Um, so I was eagerly waiting for you to return so I could then fly off and go and get some specs specs off your specs yeah, specs on specs Um, because yeah there was a scratch or something on the 3D glasses and it was just right in my eye line so I'm like, need new specs but I I missed
0: what, a minute
1: of the movie
0: yeah, like literally, in fact the only thing you missed was the year it was set really
1: because you did ask me
0: afterwards (laughs) yeah When's a movie based? <laughs> was in nineteen nine eighty seven? Um, because you did wonder at times, um, but yeah. Oh, and also just so also while you was out, the three D was reversed, so the three D only worked if you flipped your glasses upside down, and then all of a sudden you saw the picture flip around, and then it worked. So that was that was just as you come back in that that happened. So yeah, it was a calamity of errors, but luckily once the film started it. The 3D was, was working properly, so it's fine. Um, so, neither of us have read the book. No. Um, no. And I, is it to say we're not big book readers? I like I like the Wes Wally
1: books. See? But um, I think one of the criticisms I've seen of the movie is from people who have read the book, and book readers are never happy if the film isn't completely 100% true to the story in the book.
0: Yeah, and, and, I, and I get it because I remember when um, when the first Harry Potter came out, I'd read the book leading up to it. Yeah. So I'd never, I, I wasn't familiar with Harry Potter, but I thought, well, people are getting excited about it, I'm going to read the book. And I read the first Harry Potter book and I was like, wow, I can't wait to see this film. And then because there were some differences between the book and the film, I was like, fuck that movie, man. (sighs) Because I had my own idea in my head of what it should be. But the problem is, is that a film is a different medium. So as long as it's not completely different, then you can enjoy both things because the book still exists and the film exists. Yeah. Um, And I think, I mean, don't get me wrong, I think sometimes films can really deviate away from the book. And that's a bit of a problem, but especially with a film like this and i've read on i 've read up on some of the things that were in the book which aren't in the film, and some things you know where things some things were changed um and to be honest, this film must have been a nightmare um for copyright reasons, yeah for sure, yeah. you know, and so creative decisions had to be made and I've actually seen some people uh, like the book that have uh, said the changes were good and they were happy with the changes. Um, But others, like you say, are like, well, it's not the same as the book, so therefore I'm not happy about it. Um, You can't please everybody. That's that's really what it comes down to. Um, But, yeah, I've seen both positive and negative reactions. But I think if you have read the book before you go and see the film... um, you've got to remember that it is a it, you know it is a film and they can't do all the things that they'd probably even wanted to do um anyway so they do have to make changes um so that that's the only thing i'd say going in um there are a few changes to the plot that I, i've also read about as well um some character changes as well and again you know that's probably just because of trying to get it to appeal to a different audience, a slightly different mm-hmm. audience, a more broad audience than it would have done. So, you know, take it with a pinch of salt. I still remember reading Jurassic Park and being... Have you ever actually read Jurassic Park? Nah, pack it in, mate. Like, it's a lot more violent than the film. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, if Spielberg... I made, that, but I've yeah, not read that. Yeah, like the first chapter, someone gets um, ripped apart on the island by a velociraptor. Yeah. From my memory, I've I've not read it in, like, 15, 20 years. But, um, yeah, the thing is, like, if Spielberg had made Jurassic Park like the book, it wouldn't have been the film that it was, and it wouldn't have been the uh, massive success that it was, because it wasn't family-friendly enough. You know, it would have been too adult. Um, and I think that's what he's done with this film as well. He's tried to make it a bit more broad to appeal to a, a, a more mass audience. Um But, yeah, I I like the film. I really like the film. Um, And the the difference between us reviewing things normally and now is that, one, we've talked a little bit before, but also we've had a few days to to digest it a little bit and reflect on it. Um, And I'm actually really excited to go and see it again. And I will be going to see it again um, when it's actually released. And I think I'm going to try and go and see it in 4DX. Oh, yeah. yeah, just because I think it'd be fun. Yeah, yeah, I think it'd be fun to see. It. Although it's a it's a film I've already seen, I still think it'll be a fun experience to see it in that format. Um, but yeah, w- the more I've thought about the film, the more I it, it's made me smile and made me, um, yeah, I, I, I just, just look back on it fondly. That doesn't mean to say that it's a perfect film, and there are things that you know did did bug me a little bit. Um, but what what about you? What did you think, or what do you think now? Um, yeah, I think I think like yourself. It's always good to look back rather than
1: get the old knee jerk reaction. Um, there's so much more that I liked about it and disliked. It's it's a really enjoyable movie, and I think enjoyable movies should be kind of uh, rated and reviewed on a different sort of uh, scale. Uh, it's a po- it's a popcorn movie it's yeah. an early tw- uh 2018 popcorn movie um that you know we normally see in the summertime but we're getting it for easter instead um and yeah it's really enjoyable uh with popcorn movies you tend to get you know the odd irritant um be it in storyline or character twist um but, on, on the whole, it's a really enjoyable movie. Like, it's kind of, it's obviously aimed at nerds, um, I'd say, due to the incredible amount of Easter eggs. If you have to explain to someone what an Easter egg is during this Easter movie, then that this movie's not for them. No. I think everyone, I think... You know, the majority of people would enjoy it, but I'd say the majority of people that are on this side of 40 would enjoy it.
0: One of the things I think is quite interesting is, I think by Spielberg trying to make it um, a bit broader, is that I saw someone refer to it as uh, a youth action film, which is what they'd kind of, you know, associate with things like Twilight or divergent or the maze runner films or any of that kind of stuff that i don't actually watch um and what i think is interesting about that if that's what they were going for is the fact that as you say like it's really gonna appeal to people that are in their you know 30s to 40s um 50s as you know as well i suppose yeah but, i think like as you're saying there um there will be, obviously, there, there's
1: references in games uh, uh, before our time, and there's obviously references that are more up-to-date, um, stuff that we'd, you know, be aware of, but only because we've kind of flicked past it on social media, per se.
0: Mm. But, I, I mean, everything about it screamed 80s. Like, most of the references were were 80s-based. The music, the soundtrack, is almost yeah. like an 80s jukebox musical. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's very 80 centric. Um, great soundtrack as well. We we commented about that when we left. Um, but it, it does seem that although there are things from you know all kind of all ge- kind of generations to enjoy, the majority of it is 80s based. Yeah, I'd say, um, and I thought that was quite interesting for a film that you know is going to appeal to to teenagers as well as as adults. Um, But I I suppose briefly we'll kind of talk about the story. So uh, it's set in the future uh, where everybody, no matter how rich or poor you are, which I thought was quite interesting, has access to um, a virtual world where you can basically be who you want to be. And it's what people use as an escape from reality because the future is not great for for the majority of people. Is this kind of uh, the
1: way that, obviously, that is, you know, the crux of the story, but are there, like, different interpretations out there? Because is this uh, virtual world also a parallel for the social media world? Because there's, you know, a lot of people use social media as escapism to be someone who they'd rather be um, than someone that they are. You know, obviously, you get, when someone takes a selfie, no one nowadays puts up that picture they will filter it they will use all different you know mechanisms and apps to make it look the best they can social media is that
0: oasis for people it is that escapism for a lot of people yeah so what you're you're basically saying is that the oasis is kind of like um a, a representation of what we use, you know what social media is now for us that thing that we use to pass the time probably far too much, and an unrealistic version of ourselves as well. Yeah, because you you see in the movie, um, certainly towards the
1: end, and bear in mind, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it and you want to avoid spoilers, there will be spoilers coming. Um, But there's a a scene, and I don't think this is spoiling it, there's a scene uh, um, towards the end, when most of the people out in the street are wearing these virtual reality headsets. Now, if you were to walk down any street or get onto any public transport, those virtual reality headsets are phones. Um, It's it's almost scary how many people are looking down rather than looking up uh, when they're walking around. And so, yeah, I don't think that... It's a case of like not just escapism, but the attachment that people have uh, also to entertainment. You know, when we were, what, let's put it, uh, 13 years old, when we didn't have mobile phones and they certainly didn't have the technology or the entertainment value, we didn't crave entertainment every second of every day. But nowadays, if you're sitting waiting for a bus for five minutes – You'll, you know, go on YouTube, you'll put on Spotify, you'll check your social media. And this is what uh, the world, the Oasis, provides for people. It's given them like a safe haven to go and, you know, find new friends, the, you know, social media, to fall in love, social media on the internet, and to have fun, the internet and social media. Um, so I think the parallels are really set out there. And again, this will target, um, similar to the film that we kind of dodged the previous week, uh, Love, Simon, and it it really will appeal to a younger audience um, because of that need for entertainment, um, whilst also really, you know, uh, uh, being made for the kids that they can really relate to this sort of sense of, you know, not feeling as though they belong where they are, but finding somewhere where they really do belong in a bigger
0: universe. Yeah, and I, I mean that that listeners is exactly you know what happens when one of you has a better education than the other um, because you you you've hit the nail you hit the nail on the head. Hey, you went university. I right? I hey, you, hey, you did go to university for um you know about an hour and a half no 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 it was, it was less than an hour was it Around. really i thought we i thought i thought we had to wait longer for our break um, it was 50, 50 minutes oh fair enough um <laughs> <laughs> good good times good times um but no i think i think that's a great analogy and i wonder if that is if that was the intention of the book originally or if that's something that has kind of played more out in this film. I don't know, but, um, uh, it's interesting. All all, all adventure movies,
1: I think, and this is an adventure movie. All adventure movies are for escapism, whether, you know, you want to be like back in the, uh, what decade would have been the fifties, you want to be a cowboy or a swashbuckler, Um, and nowadays you want to be a superhero. Um, it's all for the escapism. um, Uh, whilst also like being relatable I remember being being a kid watching movies coming out of the cinema I want to be Zorro you know I want to be Robin Hood or whoever Um, and this is uh, like you know people come out of it thinking I want to be this uh, character that was in uh, Ready Player One Mm. you know and there will be like the player the game players I forget the characters names that they'll relate to And, and but also people that we'd have seen the 11-year-old, is his name Sho? Yes, I think he well, was
0: called Show. yeah.
1: Um, how many shows have we seen on the internet? There mm-hmm. are these incredibly intelligent kids who dazzle with whatever technology is at their disposal. He also kind of had a throwback to data from the Goonies being of that sort of age and size. Um, oh, and <laughs> And ethnicity, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, so he kind of, uh, you know, threw back the 80s there also.
0: Yeah, and so uh, to kind of talk about the story a little bit, so um, what happens is, is that the, the Oasis was created by two people, um, played by Mark Rylance um, and Simon Pegg. Um, by the way, yeah. just forgive me for interrupting again,
1: I'll allow you. But- the Oasis font, is it not the same as Oasis? No. Or is, like, Ready Player One? Because I, I saw, like, pictures from the premiere, and it looks so similar to, like, the original Oasis
0: logo. You mean the band Oasis? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No, there's yeah. nothing like it, mate, at all. You know it what I mean? It? it looks more more like Tron than anything else, the font. Really? it looks Yeah, it's not. It's not. Nothing Quite like that. at all. But anyway, yeah. Go on, carry on, story. Yeah. So um, yeah. So uh, two guys crazy. Um, Mark Rylance, his character is very similar to. I I think. Well, (laughs) he plays him like a cross between Garth and um, probably a character from The Big Bang Theory or something. Um, But um, you can see he's like a Steve Jobs type figure. And they actually yeah. make a reference to that later in the film as well, uh, about the kind of impact that, that this guy had um, in creating this, this world for people. Um, but uh, he dies, or... In, in fact, I think he actually he has he's been dead for a while when the film starts. He didn't say he'd just died. Um But what he'd done is he had left three Easter eggs in the world, in the Oasis world, um, and a person... That found uh, the three Easter eggs first, the three keys, uh, would take ownership of the Oasis and would be able to control it. Um, And there's a corporation that wants in on this because they say if they get control of the Oasis, they can sell uh, the world like for to advertisers. Um, So they were talking about. I think they he made a reference about 80% of your vision being covered with adverts before we'd give you a seizure. So that was the, what they were planning to do. So they were throwing all their money and resources and manpower into trying to crack these codes. Um, and Wade uh, is the main character and he's, uh, you know, avatar, if you will, um, in that world finds the first Easter egg. He figures out uh, the first clue um from you know, uh, looking at start interviews of him and, and memories that he had, um, uh, you know, I really like, I think this was possibly my favorite
1: part of the movie or favorite section because it kind of borrowed to the um, uh, I forget what type of book they were, but this was when you had like, a twist. what was it? The Borrowers, shut up, you boy. <laughs> it was when you got to choose your own destiny. It, funny Where, enough, they were called Choose Your Own Adventure. There you go. Yeah, um, and it was it was kind of like that in that you had to kind of it was a puzzle, mm. a scenario, and you had to figure figure out which way to go. Yeah, and he literally figured out which way to go um, by listening. And the only frustrating part for me throughout this part, because I really like the challenge, and I really like the time and the effort and um, how how they finally got to the finish line. I really liked all of that. But what I didn't like was what it was 15 years after the um, wacky race had begun and um, everyone else had given up with the exception of like his band of friends um, and a few others. I think Ryu from Street Fighter is still in it. And a couple of others
0: like the uh, the Sixers, did they call them? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. That was that was like the the kind of team that um, the corporation had put together to yeah. you know ma- you know throw manpower at it, and their job was to kind of take everyone else out whilst trying to uh, solve the first puzzle. Um, yeah, and, and that was I, I I kind of I didn't need to, or
1: it didn't really I don't think it was important that we needed to know it was 15 years after the hunt had begun. Because I don't think, like, certainly nowadays, it wouldn't take people 15 years to try going backwards. And it's certainly, like, people would never be uh, discouraged from trying to get a prize that was worth
0: trillions of dollars. Mm. Yeah.
1: Like 15 years. All right. Like I didn't realize
0: it was it was 15 years actually. But yes, yeah. I, I, I know nobody what you
1: mean. Nobody had figured to go backwards, or nobody had figured to go to the library where they had access. Because he said in the movie when it started, the place was rammed out. Not his words. Mm. And then you see him going there now,
0: uh, or in the movie, and he was the only one in there. rather than the, what I will say. So the the other the other problem with the Oasis is that um if you if you die if your uh, avatar dies um although you can start again you lose everything that you've got It's so, basically Sonic the hedgehog Yeah, yeah. you or, lose all your gold coins Yeah so um or rings so I thought it was brilliant because it's exactly what happens in the game. But see, that's why I think people had stopped doing it because or, or or had not tried to do anything too dangerous. And they kind of played up on that a little bit. So I think that's yeah. why it had taken that long, because of and why people weren't doing it, because the risk was um if you, you know, crashed your car or your vehicle or you got hurt doing it, you would lose everything. And people had been playing the games for for years upon years upon years and and kind of, you know, got all this virtual wealth, which would be gone in an instant if something happened to their their characters. I think that's why they were cautious. And they played up on the fact that, you know, the only way to push through is to take a risk. And that's what he ended up doing, and that's how he, he passed the first test. But talking about that scene, and this is this is uh, testament to the rest of the film, really, with with this opening kind of uh, race sequence, because when the cars are there, and you see it a bit in the trailers as well, if you've seen those, um, but it's all of those vehicles uh, that are there, all those pop cultural icons that are there. So you've got you know kind of more regular looking cars as well, um, but you know he drives a DeLorean. That's his vehicle. Um, a girl that he becomes friends with that he um, recognizes from. Uh, I think, I, think he's, I, might, I don't think he said YouTube, but uh, f- from from. Um, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was, I think it was Twitch, which right. is like
1: the big
0: uh, the YouTube
1: version of people that it was play games. Yeah, uh, it was the one that Drake was trending
0: on because he was playing with Ninja. Check me out, by the way. I know you're down with the kids. Oh, I'm um, so. <laughs> um, but she was riding the bike from Akira um, you saw the 1966 Batmobile yeah, uh, yeah. you saw the Mac 5 uh, from Speed Racer yeah. uh, there as well I, I mean that's just a, a few of them there was oh, a Bigfoot, the monster truck was one of the main featured ones as well but there was probably so many more that we didn't even see yeah. I'm sure in one of the early trailers one the, uh, there was a Tron light cycle but I didn't see it in the film but I'm sure it's in there um, I'm sure it was in a trailer. Yeah, because I, possibly like yourself, when I got home,
1: I looked on the internet to see if there was a list of all the Easter eggs. Of course they're not. We've seen it too early. Um, but what was interesting, I've not actually read them to see what's in there. Uh, I didn't see the trailer when it came out, but um, there's a list of the Easter eggs that are featured in the trailer, right. and there's about 25.
0: Yeah, and that, and that's probably just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, it's it's ridiculous, um, but yeah. So so you you see you see stuff like that, and it's not even just vehicles because um, in in that sequence, and again, it's not a spoiler because it was in the trailer. But uh, King Kong is the main villain of that. He's the one that stops uh, tries to stop people winning winning the race. Um, and as a massive Kong fan, that brought me no end of joy and that's the thing i think joy is is the optimum word for this film because yeah, it's, it's full of fun. yeah it's it's full of fun but it's also full of things that bring back memories um and I, I, you know i can see some people will have an, an issue with it in, in the way that south park parodied things like recently with the uh, remember berries and um, again <laughs> But you know where you know just by uh, bringing something back or or going hey do you remember that um, that emo- it brings back an emotion but it, it, it is and it's a, a cheap trick but it works and it works really well um, and this- I,
1: I think again because he's like Steven Spielberg's no Mike he knows how to make a movie but also nothing is more popular or uh, than nostalgia hmm. uh, in this day and age you know P A K tapped into that early doors. You know, he only needs to say something from twenty years ago to get a laugh. Um, you know, we, we now have apps such as Time Hop that can, you know, provide nostalgia. You know, uh, meme accounts get thousands of likes simply by saying, "Who remembers this?" Um, and again, like the, the movie is bursting with nostalgia, and it's but it's also the first kind of movie of its time, really. You know, Back to Future kind of had that. Um, but it it wasn't, like, laden with the Easter eggs.
0: No. no, it had it had cute little jokes in the same way that, like, Happy Days was yeah. a similar kind of throwback. Um, but, yeah, I think this is the first one that's really kind of tapped into, as you say, that nostalgia market. But, you know, more than that, what this film is, other than just pop culture references is it's a tradition, in my eyes, it's a traditional Steven Spielberg 1980s action film. And that's not, you know... Spielberg didn't make stuff like Die Hard. You know, he was involved in things like The Goonies and Indiana Jones and those kind of adventure films. And it's very much of that kind of ilk. Like, you get... A similar kind of feeling and to be honest i think the film that it, it's most kind of like in some ways is probably the goonies which yeah. although he didn't direct he executive produced um and his hallmarks are all over it because really the sense of it it's a, a group of teenagers um that are are the main players um on the good side of things anyway um
1: and again it's everyday heroes Um, In the movies, like the Goonies, when you saw the Goonies, you wanted to be one of the Goonies. You started dressing like the Goonies. You wanted to find kids that could go out on a bike and ride around town trying to find one-eyed Willie's treasure. Mm. And again, like nowadays, you know, kids will relate to the people like the heroes in this movie because they're everyday heroes. You know, some of them are living in like down-and-out apartments, uh, sleeping on washing machines. Um, and, so uh, you know, kids are totally relate to that.
0: Yeah. oh, you're right. You're absolutely right.
1: Howdy, Dis After Dark listeners. Toy Story Land is opening up at Hollywood Studios on June 30th. Book now for some great summer deals and to see what's new. Take a ride on the Slinky Dog Dash coaster. Ride the alien swirling saucers with the kiddos. Enjoy a new third track on Toy Story Mania. And grab a bite to eat at Woody's Lunchbox. Remember, if you book with me, I'll take care of your dining reservations, fast passes, and create a personalized itinerary just for you and your family. Mention this ad to get $25 off your deposit. Reduce stress by letting me do the planning for you. I make the plans, you make the memories. Find me at WPMagicJourneys.com and on social media at
0: WPMagicJourneys. Ben Mendelson. I think it's Ben Mendelson that's so how you pronounce his name. Um he's the big bad as it were in this film. Um he uh I'm sure most of you will know he played um General Krennic. I think was his name in uh, Rogue One. So again he was the big bad in that film as well. And to be honest, I thought the performance was quite similar but, yeah, very so. I, but I I wasn't I wasn't annoyed about that because he we, was good in that, So
1: we'll Exactly. Take it.
0: Exa- yeah. Um, and he was the right level of menacing. He was, you know, he wasn't menacing in a really in a scary way, but enough of a threat that you knew. But, but who was his um, avatar meant to be? Um, I don't think it was supposed to be anyone in particular because the thing is, not everyone, not everyone's avatar was based on someone famous. Um, you did have. Um, obviously some people that whose avatars did look like uh you know things from pop culture but some of them were just kind of like a mishmash um so i don't think his was actually meant to be anything particular it it reminded that, me um go on. oh i was gonna say it reminded me of solomon grundy from batman but i don't think that's who it was supposed to be yeah um i had um at first i thought it was joe fix
1: it yeah um but then it was like someone from um dick
0: tracy but okay. i don't, I don't really know the movie that well enough to be able to tell you no that. i don't i'm mean, not i don't think it's either of those but i mean joe fix it's a good shout cuz joe fix it is actually quite sim- similar to solomon grundy um oh. in in terms of um appearance um so yeah that works as well but um, no, I, I don't think it was really based on either of those, but but kind of a, a, an amalgamation, I suppose, of a few things, um, yeah. of which yeah, Joe Fix is a, a massive shout. Um, or, or could
1: it be someone from like the um, what was that uh, Sin City? It, it kind of looked like that sort of uh, yeah, character.
0: facially. You know, it could have it could have been from that, but um, again, I just think it was it was kind of based on a few ideas more than anything else. I yeah. don't think any of the main character. You know, None of the other avatars of those of the lead characters were actually based on characters yeah, yeah. Um, you know i mean the only the only time that that really happened was when she um dressed up as Goro for Mortal Kombat, where Perfect. she'd put the disguise on, but otherwise like her normal avatar uh, a normal version of her avatar was, was just you know a kind of a look of a, a few different things, but no one in particular. Um, and what surprised me actually with the film is that a lot of the time was spent in the Oasis, especially the first half of the film. I was actually surprised how much of it was spent there, but to be honest, I think that was for the best because the real world isn't as exciting as the virtual world. So it works really well, but I was I was quite surprised. Um, there's, and I'm not going to talk about it too much, I'm um, not even going to tell you the film it is, but there's a great sequence um, when they're trying to find the second key um, and they go back into an old film. Um, and I don't know how they did it, but the, the sets looked the same. Um, the actresses looked the same. I don't know if they reused the footage or how they did it, but it was bloody clever. Um, yeah. And that was one of the highlights for me. Um but just, just all in all, I just, I was entertained. It was, and I think we both said it. It was a tad long. Uh, it did clock in. I looked it up afterwards. It was two twenty. Okay. I thought it was two ten. You thought it was two twenty. You were right. That's um, all right. Yeah. So it is a bit long. Um, there is an unnecessary swear. Yeah, and um, it is right.
1: Because you know where I stand, I I like a 12A to be a film where you can take a kid to. As I've mentioned before, um, my eldest is seven, and I've taken him to 12A films, and he's been fine with them, but I can't take him to this
0: one because of fucking Chucky, man. But you know what? You wouldn't have taken him anyway because of that second.
1: As I said to you, like sitting there.
0: We would take swear aside. It's too long for a seven-year-old. It's too long, but also that that sequence for the second Easter egg, the second key, yeah, that is that is not appropriate for him at all. I know your boy. Yeah, <laughs> that is too much. I wouldn't be showing my seven-year-old that either. Um, but I mean, I think you know, in a couple of years' time, um, it'll be it'll be more kind of appropriate because the thing is, it's not. It's not as violent as I'm saying, but it is a little bit scary. I think that sequence can be a bit scary, so um, that that's why I kind of say that. When you see it, you'll know. Um, But other than that, I I don't think it was that scary. I think
1: like I think he'd have been okay with that. Um, I think that like the scary things that have happened in Twelve April. And again, but and that's it, like I think takes the uh, fucking out of the uh the movie. And I think it would be okay for kids like from I uh, have from like eight, nine onwards sort of thing. Yeah. But I, it's, it's, I, it's, I was really surprised. Like it's fucking chucky. Like yeah. it could it could have been anything. It could've been, oh my god, it could have been like a South Park sort of hellbag. Um or like what the hell or something like that, or like any sort of curse but fuck is, like, the second,
0: like, strongest out there, like. I say teach them young, but that's just me. Um, but, you know, that that aside, um, it's all right, but you, you can wait for the airplane version try. anyway. I don't know if it's, like, me having to
1: go at the, the actor who had the one line and kind of hammed it up, but it
0: just, it's fucking Chucky. It just didn't sound right. No, I don't think he did ham it up. I think that's your... I think actual memory of it, I don't think it was hand up. A bit chucky, <laughs> um, but no, as I said wait for the airplane version because that will cut out the swearing anyway, they always do, or the ITV afternoon version. Well, he he, he them can fire. watch it, on his own. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, as well, I know you are not uh, a big fan <laughs> of uh 3D films, but I thought oh, it was really uh, well. No, no. I think you've misquoted me there.
1: I'm never against 3D movies if they're done well. Okay. Um, I think, like, as I said about Batman versus Superman, like or hate the movie, we're not discussing that. When you put on the 3D glasses, it added such a dark tint to an already darkened movie Mm. that, you couldn't even see what was on the screen, let alone the 3D. Um, and there's been 3D. I remember when we saw the... Um, was it Harry Potter at the oh, IMAX.
0: Oh, yes, it was. Yeah the, yeah, the last Harry Potter we saw at IMAX. Yeah.
1: And sometimes you had, like, a ghost effect where the 3D, like, maybe wasn't aligned um, or they'd rushed it, perhaps. Like it, it was a rush job, like, it felt like.
0: It's quite funny because... Um, I was reading up on that recently and it was, uh, it was a rush job. Um, And funny enough, was I right? Yeah. Well, no, but the thing is, I mean, I, I saw the same stuff you did. So I, I, I the thing is you've seen stuff in IMAX 3D before and I've seen stuff, I've seen loads of things in IMAX 3D and that was, that was not what I expect from IMAX 3D at all. Um, you know, I think we we saw Alice in Wonderland. There was no there was no ghosting issues with Alice in Wonderland, and IMAX is supposed to be one of the best formats. You shouldn't get ghosting at all. But um, I read an article recently, funny enough, about uh, Harry Potter, and both of them were supposed to be 3D, and I think the filming had overrun or something, and they hadn't started the conversion soon enough, and so there was problems. Now, what's interesting is I've actually bought both of them on Blu-ray. and i haven't watched them yet but i will do because i'll be interested to see how it looks because especially when you talk about the colors there with uh batman superman um a decent cinema should have things aligned so to kind of counterbalance yeah um and that's not always the case i've been to cinemas where the film has been ridiculously dark but when i've seen it in 3d at home where well, I've I've kind of, you know, created that setup myself and I've adjusted the, the different contrast levels and brightness levels, I've had a better experience. I thing like, how often have you seen a film,
1: and like you say, you could do with just adjusting the brightness or the controls or even the volume or the bass. Like I know for my dad, like, the bass really affects him mm. to the point that he won't walk into the screen until the trailers are over because of how deafening the bass is for him. Well,
0: I uh, you know, I haven't got it set up at the moment, but I've got a, a surround sound system, and I couldn't watch um, – Inse- I had to turn Inception off um, while I, I turned off the subwoofer because of the yeah. bass in that film, because of the score. Uh, it was just ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. So I, I know what he means by that. Um, and the problem Doesn't is – this is one of my bugbears if i was
1: on room 101 this will probably be one of the things i chuck in there isn't it mad how even in this incredible world of technology where you can nowadays tap into a phone using your eye um use your face as an emoji yet we cannot find a definitive volume setting for when people are talking and when music is being played Yep. Yeah. no absolutely it is so frustrating. Yeah. Like if I'm watching this morning in work and I'm trying to listen to what Philip and Holly are saying, but I also don't want people knowing that I'm watching this morning <laughs> at work.
0: And then it goes, da, 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 da. <laughs> there is, I mean, that, that is a thing. Um, it's done on purpose. It's, it's something to do with the adverts. I don't understand the reasoning behind it, but I know that there is a logical explanation behind it, but it doesn't make it right. Um, but regardless, like, it, it, it annoys me. It annoys me immensely. And the reason, do you know why I think it happens? Because yeah. most cinemas now are automatic. And what I mean by that is that, and this is what happened on Monday. If there was somebody in there controlling the projection, they would have seen straight away there was a problem. Yeah,
1: see, and they would have sorted how- it.
0: Because they'd have someone in there. Like? It's all It's automated
1: staggering
0: so what they do i mean I, I don't know if this is exactly what happens but i know that some chains do it what they'll do is they will have one or two members of staff and they will be doing the projectors right and that's it so they will just go in uh you know switch it on or whatever, make sure the right film's in you know hit the you know set it up so it's going to start at a certain time or whatever and that's it it goes And that's why it took three attempts for them to get it right because they had to keep getting someone to go back in and sort it out. Um, You know, it's it's amazing. But, you know, when we were kids and it wasn't done digitally and it was done on on reels of film, you had to have someone there. And that meant that that person was watching the film. And if the film was too dark, they would adjust it. But you don't have that now. You have to rely on the fact that it's automated. And as long as the automation is working all right, it's going to be all right. Um, it is cop-out. It's an absolute cop-out. Um, anyway, going back to the point, I thought it was a really good 3D experience. Um, it didn't have... I mean, some people love it when stuff pops out of the screen. Um, there wasn't that much of that. There's was a few bits that I remember that that, that kind of happened. Um, but I actually thought, uh, especially it being in a virtual world, it, it, it really added to it. And I think... Yep. Um, they're really pushing the three D hard with this for, for that, probably for that reason, um, but it is a rare film where, if you do like three D or you don't like three D, I still think it's worth trying to see it in three D because I think it's the way it should be seen. Yeah. Um, so well, that's good. I'm glad we're in agreement for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I get that. That's not how. Even every three D film should be seen, but with this, I think make make the exception, pay the extra couple of quid, it'll be worth your while. Um, yeah, that's it. So you enjoy it and I enjoy it. So that's good. Yeah, it's rarity, isn't it? Oh, well, no, but I mean, I think we both kind of enjoy it at the same level. But um, yeah, I kind of said to Lindsay, like when we was going to see it, I um, she'd seen a trailer for it recently, and she'd kind of had a bit of a, a, a peak of interest in it, but. Having seen it, and I, I want to go back and see it again, so I think I'll, I'll try and see if we can go together and see it in 4DX, and then yeah. we have our, our first experience of that together. Um, my, I tell you what, the only other criticism I've got, which I haven't mentioned, I think you probably feel this way as well, is because of how how many characters are in the film. It's really hard to catch everything, and we actually stayed. We sat through the credits. There's no end credits thing, so don't sit through the credits. No, I don't God near no. the end of the credits. There's a list of not. yes, yeah, exactly. I think it's worth sorry, it's worth staying for this. Yes, yeah. there's no
1: end credits. I always think you should stay for credits because you get reminded of what a good soundtrack is. Mm-hmm. You get to see, you know, who played who. uh You get to see how many people, you know, went into making this movie, so I think it's worth especially if a movie Spoiler does, alert, it's a lot <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah um, not like, it's not Marvel a lot but it's a lot mm. um, and I think like it's worth like for the sake of 5-10 minutes even it's worth just sitting there just to like collect your thoughts sort of thing uh, rather than like rushing out and then like you know, boom, the the magic's ended um, but yeah, sorry, you was going to say about the list at the end, so before I cut you off
0: yeah, no, that's, that's it. There's a list. It's not a list of thank yous, but it's a list of uh, the kind of um, legal information for the copyright for certain yep. properties that are used. And like going through the list, there was obviously quite a lot where it was like, yes, of course, we saw that, and we saw this, and we saw that. But there was a load of things in there we didn't see yep. that were in that list. So they must be in the film. Uh, Could, can we talk about the Star Wars one? Because I think... Of all
1: the Easter eggs, the Star Wars one has gained the most um, uh, inches in the newspapers and whatnot. Go on. Because um, w- we spoke about this afterwards. And the only reference that I could f- find for Star Wars was the Chewbacca roar. Right at the start of the movie, within the first five minutes, is when he enters the Oasis. Um, and I think like people are having a run around or something like that, and you hear Chewbacca roar. It's and, so distinctive, and I didn't even hear it. Yeah. I, I didn't even notice that myself. But again, uh, it was background noise.
0: It was there yeah. to be heard, but it was background noise. But the and the only other reference is um, when they're trying oh. to. Uh, get get the, the main character to give over one of the, like, the, the first key that he found, they try and offer him a deal uh, where, you know, if, if he finds the keys, they'll pay him a load of money to give the ownership over to them um, and um, they say, like, you know, you can have any vehicle you want, even the Millennium Falcon and that, that's your Star Wars references, people, so if you're going in there expecting to see that as one of the things, they, that, that's the only Star Wars you'll get, is those things Um Apparently, Spielberg did try and get the rights. Um, Kathleen Kennedy and Lucasfilm weren't having it. And I'm surprised. I've heard different different to that. I've
1: heard that Spielberg said that they um, spoke to Star Wars and Star Wars gave them everything that they wanted.
0: That's weird. Yeah, I've heard uh, I've heard him being like you know, quoted on saying that. I know that he's cut some stuff out because of it being, or, or I don't think it was even filmed. So what I'm, I'm, I'm talking about cutting stuff out of the shooting script because it was his own properties and he didn't want to like put you know references to E. T. or Jaws or anything like that in the film. Um, I mean, people are saying that oh, well, there's a Jurassic Park reference. Well, no, I don't think that is a Jurassic Park reference. There's a dinosaur. Yeah, exactly. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, a dinosaur, although it, it's like, you know, clearly like a T-Rex or something, dinosaurs can be so nondescript. You know uh, what, though? I will say that the way that he gobbled up
1: that person was very much like the way um, it happened in Jurassic Park.
0: Well, yeah, it would be. No,
1: <laughs> no, no. Using, using knife but there's, and fork. A, oh, there's a way you can gobble someone up. And the way that the guy who was sitting on the toilet was gobbled up, it's very similar to that. But either way, very I mean, throwing him about in his mouth sort of thing.
0: There's not much. The DeLorean is probably the uh, the most you see of a Spielberg kind of property. And, you know, again, like like we referenced the Goonies earlier, you know, Back to the Future, he was a producer of, you know, he didn't yeah. even direct that film. So um, he cut out a lot of his own stuff. But I'm, i am that's interesting about Star Wars. Yeah, because um, I I, I,
1: when I was talking about the bad guy, um, I had a quick look to see if anyone else has like kind of uh, answered the question about what his avatar was, and this is the level of Easter egg that we've not even tapped into here. Um, there's like on the one there fandom on the um, Ready Player One dot dot com. <laughs> uh, they've got a wiki page. Um, part of the trivia for ben mandelson's character it reads the prison identification number of the character alex from author anthony burgess's novel a clockwork orange is also the same as nolan sorrento's innovative online industries employee identification number Um, it then says that nolan is also the first name of american engineer and entrepreneur nolan k bushnell who yeah. created Joe Game Pong, and he also Atari. Fan- yeah, yeah, good man. And also the Chuck E. Cheese Pizza Time Theaters chain. Uh, of course, yes. Nineteen seventy-seven.
0: That's right. Yeah, yeah. When he first left Atari, that's what he uh, he did before going back again. Yeah, yeah that's. I didn't even. Uh, you know, I know Nolan Bushel is. So I didn't even. Think about that, and there must be loads of references like that in the film, where it's just little things that you'd you'd kind of pick up on. But um,
1: so, so yeah, the would have just like swept us by, and, yeah. and rightly so because they'll be subtle. And again, it is why it's certainly a film worth watching. You know, at least again.
0: I actually thought, you know, I thought, you know, um and so this is this is the, probably the biggest spoiler we'll give you. So if you don't want to have it spoiled, then We've uh, spoilers, haven't we? a <laughs> lot. And I think it's been good actually yeah. for just because we're so far out of being of the film being released. Um, yeah. but for the last challenge, um, it's to do with a video game on an Atari system and they're trying to figure out which game they need to play. I honestly, honestly thought it was going to be ET. Oh really? Because of like that being like such a notorious Atari game. Oh, okay. That I thought that was it. I mean obviously the one that they chose and they they went with that uh is far more significant. It but was I perfect. thought it for was the perfect. Easter egg. Perfect. Yeah. I thought that would make more that was made sense, but no, they obviously went for the right choice. Um yeah. so that's it. Yeah. Okay, so Ready Player One um comes out I believe the 29th of March. Yeah. Um right. so go and see it. Uh it, it's the first uh decent popcorn film this year. Um, and that's... <sighs> I don't really think Black Panthers a, po- a popcorn film. That's my justification for saying that. I don't consider Marvel films to be popcorn films. No, nah, they kind of are. Kind of? They have to but be, right? They have to be. I think it's his own genre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that uh, also. Mm. That also. Okay, well, maybe the Black Panther was the first one, but this is the first new franchise one that's not based on a Marvel property. Um, so so definitely go and see it. Um, we're running at a one hour 24. So I think we'll wait until our next episode to talk about the next upcoming films. Um, Plus it's 10 to one in the morning. And it's that as well. Um, but the next film I think we'll probably be reviewing on here in April Levine uh, will probably be the uh, Avengers Infinity War. Where do you stand on this Avril Levine rumour, by the way? Oh, well, what about her being replaced? Yeah. Um, I think it would be hilarious if it's true, but it's probably no more true than Paul McCartney. Yeah, but you know what? Obviously, with Mackle being,
1: what, what he died in the early 60s, didn't he? Yeah. Um, um, and with Avril Levine, there's so much more, because of technology and whatnot, there's so much more
0: evidence behind it that it's ridiculous. But I just don't think anyone cares that much. <laughs> I think that's really what it comes down to. No, Ariel Levine's No Paul McCartney. Hey. Oh, there's our show so, title. So, so uh, Sorry, what's the next film we're going to watch? Avengers Infinity War. No, it ain't. No, sorry, no. It's it's the next film we'll probably review on here. okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll be seeing films, films that. The, like, the look of quickly, um, right, I'm probably, I'm probably going to go and see... I'm going to try and watch Pacific Rim this week. So yeah, yeah, if obviously. I enjoyed that enough... Because I mean, the new one looks pretty good. I, I mean, yeah. It's not going to be uh, amazing. I know that already, but um, it looks interesting enough. So if I like the first Pacific Rim, I'll go and see the new Pacific Rim. Um, yeah. I do want to see Tomb Raider as well, which has just come out. Yeah which, again, I know it's not going to be great, but it'll be, you know, a couple of entertaining hours. Um, and what else have we got coming out? Blockers. I'll probably go yeah. and see Blockers. That looks quite fun. Um, and Rampage will be out just before Infinity War as well.
1: That's
0: right, yeah, yeah. So i have got a busy few weeks, actually.
1: Mm.
0: What about yourself? I fancy a look of um, A Quiet Place. I fancy a look at oh that one. Oh, my God, that looks amazing. Yeah, yeah. We, I will be going. I didn't realise it was coming out so soon. Um, oh, there's a uh,
1: unlimited screening
0: on um, Easter Monday.
1: Yeah, but it comes out on the second. Oh, does it? Yeah. No, sorry. Unlimited on the second, and released on on the, so unlimited on the Monday. Released on the Friday.
0: Oh, I thought it was released on the second. Maybe it's the fifteenth. Either way, um, I will be going to see it, but I'll probably wait for the because uh, Lindsay wants to see that as well. Um, so we'll probably try and see that together at some point so I probably won't see the unlimited screening for that one but yeah that, that's a great shout that looks that looks really good um, anything else?
1: oh I'm trying to think definitely not Mama Mia God forbid is that coming out in April? Uh, I don't know when it's coming out but I'm definitely going to avoid it <laughs> God it pains me whenever I see a trailer with it, in, God, it, it it's make... got a great oh. title though it is a brilliant title it's up there with Breaking
0: Yep. Mm. I reference Breaking Two so much. Still that's never a, seen so, it. Solo's out in a couple of months, isn't it? What's that? Solo. May May? Yeah, I really Ryan May <laughs> Oh that, that that's that's our monthly month <laughs> uh month name for May. Um I um yeah, I'm I'm really not looking forward to it. Mm. I will go and see it. I'll be going to see it, but I'm. I, I can't say I'm jazzed. Yeah, really. Donald Glover looks good in it. <laughs> in fact, everyone looks good in it, except for the uh, the bloke that got playing Han Solo. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. Oh, um, uh, are I can't. I can't think of anything else.
1: No, no, no. Uh, there's nothing else. I think everything's moving out of the way for Infinity War.
0: Yeah, and then. Uh then we've got Incredibles Two. Uh yeah. Christopher Robin, then that's pushed back to August though. Yeah, it wasn't that. uh The Predator, I think that's just been pushed back to September. Yeah, yeah everything's been pushed out of the way for Infinity War. I think uh they're they're getting a bit scared about how big it's gonna be. Yeah, rightly really so it's gonna be huge. Yeah, I think so. It's the first Marvel film that Lindsay wants to see at the cinema. You mm-hmm. know, well, she wanted to see Guardians 2 for obvious reasons, but okay. um, it's the first f- like other Marvel film other than a Guardians film she's wanted to see in about. Well, we have first listeners. Yeah, she might go and see it. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep we'll
1: keep you uh, we'll keep tabs well, on that got,
0: one. You've got you've got your you've got your, your your ticket for midnight. Yeah, standard standard move And I'll be D-box, seeing hey. D box, you? shake your D box. Um, and I'll be seeing it the next day, so uh, yeah. we will talk about it just after. No, I'll tell you what happens before me. Yeah, I mean, I mean for the listeners. Yeah, have fine. you seen the new trailer yet? Yeah, have you? Is it good? Yeah, I, I, mate. I tried to avoid it, and I lasted about an hour because, like, literally everyone was crying about it. I was like, yeah. oh, I'm going to, I'm going to see it. I'm going to see it. Are, are there potential spoilers in the trailer? Um, people are saying yes. Okay. I I I personally didn't, but then I, I'm not that familiar with the story, uh, uh, the, the story line in, in the comics, so I, I don't see, know. That's, that's a problem. I kind of know what happens in the comic book, and I'm trying really hard to forget it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there will be changes, so I don't I, I don't think it'll be completely yeah. similar. But um, I know that they were they were talking to the directors the other day, and I was told that Marvels um, said that for the next two films. Um, they kind of, they can kind of do whatever they want with everybody. So they want to kill people off; they will do. So, um, is the latest trailer more of a spoiler
1: than the first the trailer? Oh god, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't like if you want to avoid it. You've only got to wait a few weeks. Uh, like if you can avoid it, avoid it. It's a really oh, good trailer, and enjoy it once you've seen the film. This is me talking to <laughs> you. Will you will avoid it? I know. Um, but yeah, what, what's the trailer after you've seen the film? That's my advice. Yeah. 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 Cool. Oh, well, thank you very much for, for joining me as you do. Um, it was a pleasure and a convene. And inconvenient as well because of the time that we're finishing. Um, but thank you and thank you for listening. And we will see you probably uh, mid April when we've seen the Avengers, if not before.
1: Uh, by the way, as we were finishing, um, the uh, scripts came out for Ready Player One, I believe, today. Uh, the last line in the script game over
0: can't believe you just spoiled the end <laughs> hello there dear listener now have you ever listened to a podcast and thought oh, I'd really like to support those guys but I just don't know how to do it <laughs> well then you're in luck there are now two ways for you to be able to support us the first is by going to our spreadsheet page at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash afterdarknetwork here you can pick up t-shirts for all of the podcasts that we do the other way is by visiting us at patreon.com forward slash disafterdark that's patreo dot com forward slash disafterdark any money raised by buying some merchandise or pledging your support on Patreon means that we can keep producing more content for the After Dark Network on behalf of the other After Dark Podcast Network hosts We thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it and thank you for your continued support. is part of the After Dark Podcast Ooh.